Welcome, affiliated listeners, to another episode of the Affiliated Podcast. And I made my voice weird for no reason other than to test my mic level. I don't know. But hopefully everyone's doing really well there today. I'm super excited because one thing that I've seen that's been big in the industry lately has been the BizOp IM world, particularly through where we don't call them webinars when we talk to our customers, but we know they're all webinars. Um, And they've been really, really successful. Lately, we see a lot of people having a lot of success here. um, And... Today, we're going to be talking about somebody that knows more about that success, more about that success, if I could talk, more about how to make sure you could be successful. And he's going to share some of the things that you need to know about having a winning webinar. So today we have Winter Valka. Winter, how are you doing today, man? What's up, Kyle? Doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, great having you. Be really excited. So, and for those out here, you might think, man, that is a, a dapper man with a great haircut. And it is. Um, but he also, in, behind that haircut, is a wealth of tons of information, um, especially around webinars. So, uh, before we kind of go into that, we actually are going to cover some of the, the really three things that you need to be doing on your webinars to see even better success um, than everyone else out there. But before we jump into that, uh, Winter, I'd love to just let the people know kind of how you got involved in this industry, this pirate ship of online marketing. Like where did, what brought you to the seat today? Um, Now start with birth and go to, to, no, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, We're not a hardcore history Dan Carlin podcast, but yeah, give us the abridged version. Yeah, so someone taught me list building in 2007, my roommate at the time. Uh, I was working as a network engineer. I'm a high school dropout. They taught me list building. And three months in, I quit my day job. Um, and I had a ton of success uh, doing just, just that and then moved into the launch game. Um, on ClickBank alone, I think I've generated $17 million in sales or so in my career. Um, but I'm an engineer at heart, right? So I wasn't really finding a, a passion with what I was doing. And, and that, that kind of led me to what I've been working on today and, and given me a wealth of, of webinar tricks and knowledge and information and experience. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, I'm going to dive back a little bit. Normally I don't delve into it, but I think you mentioned a couple things that I think for a lot of people are like, those, those, those things don't make sense. Like you were an engineer, but you were also a high school dropout. Like that seems really, really interesting. So just, I know we've talked about this, but just, can you expand just a touch on that? Like, how were you this rebellious dropout that was just so smart that he could still be a network engineer? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just, Born a nerd is the way I, I put it, Kyle. Um, 1985, hooking up my VCR for my neighbors, you know, when I was five years old type. Mm-hmm. Uh, taught myself HTML in, in 94 and uh, felt the, the future with computers for myself and felt that although uh, the message wasn't at the time, but felt that I didn't need college to play with computers, right? Mm-hmm. Found myself uh, wasting time in high school, so to speak, and ready to jump into the real world and uh, Worked a lot of dead end, uh, normal high school dropout jobs for a lot of years while refining <laughs> my, 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 my geekiness. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, I think it's really inspiring. I'm sure a lot of people um, listening right now have felt like that before. Like the world isn't for me, so why do I need to go those standard routes? And the answer is you don't. So, and you're perfect proof of it today. So uh, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, l- let's jump into it then. We, we talked webinars. Webinars, obviously, um, I mentioned before, I, I think in general, and, and you've probably seen the same thing, they, they've worked for a long time. But one of the things that we've seen shift lately is you know, there's a lot of people that have enjoyed um, being at home, working from home, but the people that don't enjoy that are large companies that hire all of them. So as people are going to a workforce with a rising cost and everything around us, they need more money and they'd like to not 
do it at a job like an office. Um, so it seems the rise for BizOp and IM, high ticket courses teaching this kind of stuff are huge right now. Um, so, and they definitely could be converting, but you need to make sure you know what you're doing with your webinar. Uh, so that being said, I know just a little preamble why I think this is important, why everyone should really pay attention to what you're gonna say next. Um, what I'd like to do is we're gonna kind of go varying degrees of tips. So for people that are doing webinars or they wanna start their first webinar into the BizOp IM space, what is like the number one basic thing that you see people miss more often than not that you should be doing on your webinars that 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 people just oftentimes miss you know a lot of this is just messaging wise but a lot of people just still rely on email just mm. email right okay. so ju just just email and in 2023 using just email to engage with your audience isn't as optimal especially when it comes to a webinar right so adding on different different means of engaging with your audience will help improve the attendance. So that's necessarily, not necessarily on the conversion side, but that's going to help get more people on the webinar, which of course is, is the first goal. So then how, when you say um, engage just through email, so you're, you're essentially applying they, you get your opt-in, you schedule where the same day, whatever the, um, but you're, you're getting where you go. And the only way to get the links, the only way they're touching, reminding, getting people to show up is, is solely through email. Um, so what are the other ways and then what are the ways that you see people dynamically or at least more effectively using omni-channel approaches to increase those show-ups and get people to actually be there? So I'd say first off, SMS, right? Um, when I started playing with webinars, if you will, in 2015, the platforms didn't really offer that much. But even like Zoom, one of the biggest uh, platforms in the world, right? If you want to strap on some SMS, you got to use a, a tool like Zapier or something else or, or custom code something. Um, and, and it's still quite difficult, right? So so SMS, uh, the next level up from that is is MMS. So that's picture message, right, Kyle? So that's oh, like, yeah. that's like if I take a photo and I, I send it via SMS to you, that's, that's an MMS. Um, and that helps just engage with the audience right through photos. Uh, mm -hmm. and, but also like our phones, regardless of the type we use in the preview pane, we see that photo, right? So mm -hmm. it's just getting the eyeballs connected better than a subject line in an email, right? Yeah. I mean, in 2023, emails almost are a nuisance in the eyes as opposed to how they were like when I started online in 2007, right? 2007, mm -hmm. that was still like the you got mail stage where yeah. today now email, I mean, you look at most inboxes and you have thousands of unread emails. Um, yes, but, my wife not, constantly not asks me what is wrong with me with my, I think I'm up to 20,000 on one of my email inboxes. And I was like, <laughs> I open what I want. <laughs> Um, I, uh, so I, scan, I scan it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but I, I think that's really interesting because you, you're totally right. Like, email is not dead, but it's it's um, it's become what direct mail used to be for us. It's something that we know we have. We know stuff is coming in it every single day, except for Sundays and holidays. Um, but we we're like, okay, like this is something I have to deal with. And sometimes it's good. Most of the times it's not. Um, and funny enough, direct mail is probably closer to what email used to be than it is now, at least for younger generations. But um, so I, I, going back to MMS, I think that's really interesting. So do you see, when you do MMS, have you seen like a substantial difference in, like what kind of percentage difference does that make when you're doing an image? And does the image matter that you end up using? Um, it does matter. There's a couple different ways to use it and elements to use it, you know, I've seen folks double their attendance rate just by implementing SMS and MMS, right? So going from just email to implementing just SMS and MMS. Um, 
some examples that I like talking about to use is, you know, 15 minutes before using uh, a couple different services and sending out a picture message. And Kyle, if you were to receive this from my webinar, I'm standing in front of a whiteboard, I'm pointing, and it looks handwritten. Hey, Kyle, we're starting now. Join us. Right. And then oh, sending yeah. that 15 minutes before is an MMS. Now, 2023, people aren't thinking that uh, that you took the right time to hand write that for me. Right. It's not like that. But they're still seeing that as attention getting um, another big area that a lot of folks miss the mark, too, is maybe they're going the level of sending the SMS or the MMS. Um, but in that message says, go find the Zoom email or go find the go to webinar email to join us. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's friction causing there. So, hey, you're improving some. Um, another one that I that I love. Um, and and I first put this in my webinar in 2016, um, 10 minutes into it, sending out an animated GIF. So it's another MMS, you know, and you can use this with many chats. So it doesn't have to be phone based. It can be different, different so omni chat like based. messengers and, you know, all that Exa stuff. So exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's an animated GIF. It's a FOMO invoker, right? So it's a couple successive screenshots of your presentation they're missing out on. You send it to them. Hey, if you're not on here, you're missing out, join link. Right. Setting that like 10, 15 minutes into the presentation to further bump the attendance, because we know psychologically if so, if I signed up for something, I'm probably interested. So giving me a little FOMO feel of it, if I'm not on there, that's going to mm -hmm. make me join. And, and yeah, yeah, a little FOMO with a little bit of guilt. Right. Like <laughs> I think naturally, you know, mother's guilt comes and we're like, oh, I said I was going to be there. I didn't show up. Oh, and look, they're still enemies. They know I'm not there. You know, like. I feel like that would be good on both both sides. So um, now a couple uh, a couple of clarifications because I know SMS MSNs, but you said you could use like many chats, and I could see how that's so effective because it's such a more intimate form of communication than email. Um, whether it's uh, you know it could be Facebook Messenger, it could be a DM on IG. I don't know if I'm just old that that's like super intimate. If somebody sends me a text messages or a Facebook message. Well, if it's Facebook message, there's a good chance I won't see it for some time, but exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, but like, but, but like the text message is very intimate. It's hard to ignore that. Um, and I mean, I do it plenty well, but it's harder uh, than it is on email. So um, circling back on that, do you find like, how do you decide, is it all of them kind of like the Ryan from the office wolf method? Um, or do you, how do you decide where I'm going to engage with them with those types of messages? Is it going to be SMS on their phone? Am I going to use many chats and go into Messenger? Like, is there kind of some rules of thumb that you recommend people follow to it, make sure they use the right medium? I mean, it really depends on the the avatar of your offer, okay. the avatar of your business, right? The age of that, right? So one thing we haven't talked about is uh, ringless voicemail, right? So that's... Mm. <clears throat> 15 minutes before the, the webinar, all of a sudden you have a voicemail message on your phone. You got to listen to it. Hey, this is winter. We're starting soon. I'm about to send you your join link, right? What I'm getting at is I wouldn't recommend that if your avatar is in their 20s. I'm yeah. 42. I don't listen to voicemail. Mm -hmm. um, I think, Kyle, you're similar age. Do you listen to your voicemails? What I'm getting at is voicemail doesn't really work for that. Uh, I, I have 20 unlistened voicemails. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my voicemail, my Facebook, everything says... Yeah this is not the way to talk to me. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. what, I'm, what I'm getting at is it depends on the age on where to engage with them with, right? And mm -hmm. then there's also rules of thumb. So like ManyChat, <clears throat> five years ago, ManyChat was uh, Facebook Messenger or ManyChat, whatever integration you use, was like the Wild West in the sense that there weren't a lot of rules. And then Meta did its thing, <clears throat> implemented their clampdowns. What I'm getting at is if your webinar is running five times a day, using ManyChat's great. But if you're running once a week, you are outside of that 24-hour rule 
that th mm. that they impose on you with ManyChat, right? So then you're at risk of getting your account page shut, shut down. Mm. So there's something that's come into play with that, but I always recommend phone, right? And I say phone in the sense that WhatsApp too. WhatsApp's great, mm. right? So yeah. if you have an international audience, um, I've worked with a lot of folks in India, right? I don't re necessarily uh, recommend SMS because other parts of the world don't use SMS, MMS like we do in America, right? There are parts of the world where you're still billed to receive one, right? So I'll talk, uh, talk to folks about the fact mm -hmm. that based upon where your avatar is, who you're targeting, maybe you should use WhatsApp. Don't use SMS because like if I sign up for your webinar and you send me a reminder and it costs me money, that pisses me off. Right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is like for some users receiving the, those SMSs do. So yeah, it really depends on those, those things up in the air, but definitely more than email, uh, SMS, MMS, WhatsApp, something that goes to the phone like those do is that kind of the best. Um, yeah. Well, I love that. I'm going to just bring it up here. So they just put it on their phone, right? Like where you could get email on the phone. Um, oddly enough, a lot of people don't like consuming email on their phone. They like consuming it on a laptop like a computer, whatever it might be, but messenger stuff, like who, who, well, actually I love typing text messages out on my laptop because I, I have thumbs built for butchering, not for typing. Um, so, but like, uh, but you know, for the most part, I like that idea is think about it as like, where do you think your avatar engages the most on their phone? What's the messaging thing that they really, really want and putting them there. So you have that intimate form and multiple chances to get them to show up. Um, and you're right. I hear a lot of people don't even talk about that. And I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it seems like a, an easy miss, um, to make. So it, it can't be a good metric mover, uh, for that, for sure. Yeah. I bet. I bet for sure. As, as long as your webinar is doing well, right? If, if that doesn't convert, then yes. don't send more yes. people to say no. Um, so let's transition to the next one. So that's kind of like the basic, if you're not trying more than email, you're missing out. So let's go something that's a little more advanced. Let's go with the, um, we won't go expert, but we'll go with your intermediate. I've been doing some webinars. I know what I'm doing, but these are kind of the common mistakes you see at that point. Yeah, but you could be doing a lot better. Here's the one thing that I see people tend to miss in that vein. That's targeting, right? Targeting. Okay, so, okay. So, so I go back to my time online. So 2007, the internet was like a, a crazy open ocean. It's very much changed. It's still an open ocean, but you know, like we just talked about, you need more than email today. Um, mm -hmm talking to your audience where they're at in your webinar funnel, right? So we're not just going to talk about just the webinar, but we're going to talk about the webinar funnel being from the point of registration to the point of the, Hey, this is totally closed. Um, a lot of marketers speak to that audience the same way, mm -hmm. or maybe post webinar, there's attendee, non attendee flows and they get different approaches that way. Um, mm -hmm. But by leading up to the webinar, it's always the same, just, just target registrants. Um, so the intermediate, kind of scratching on a little expert, um, intermediate would be post-webinar. So uh, one, one example I give, Kyle, <clears throat> let's say I'm a used car salesman. You come on my car lot, you kick a tire, you look at a price, you leave. Don't even get your name. Uh, versus you come on my car lot, we test drive five cars, I spend half the day with you, we get you pre-approved, I give you and your family drinks or popcorn, whatever. Um, as a salesperson, I'm going to close you very, very, very differently, right? I'm going to use different tactics. I'm going to use different messaging. But if we're just targeting attendees, we're targeting the exact same way, right? So post-webinar, if I send a, a follow-up message to attendees and I'm sending them the same message to that person that just came on the car lot versus you got comfortable in my chair, mm -hmm. um, 
I'm leaving a lot on the uh, on the vine, right? Because yeah. I'm not speaking to them intelligently with where they're at in the buying flow, um, and it doesn't connect, right? So if you're if you have a cart abandoner, uh, so they they were on the webinar, they saw the call to action, they visited it, uh, your checkout page, they didn't purchase. If you're sending them to a replay without controls, mm-hmm. which is what most folks do. Like I'm so underserving them. You're so underserving them, um, and you're underserving your business because you're leaving those conversions on the table as opposed to targeting and speaking to them directly where they're at in that flow, right? Yeah. So like that card abandonment flow, I'd send them another animated GIF the next morning. I love pictures. Um, that's a couple testimonials or success stories, and that's sending them to like an order recap page mm-hmm. as opposed to a replay, right? They don't need yeah. to see a replay. Um, that's that's underserving them. So that's where a lot of folks, intermediate wise, is still leaving stuff on the table, is not having those more intelligent flows, speaking them more dynamically. Now, leaning a little bit more on the expert side would be, let's say I have a webinar and I have a three-day indoctrination series. So what that means is you register for my webinar four days beforehand, and those three days leading up, I'm sending you emails and messages that's maybe sending you and, and giving you a free ebook or maybe taking to you my website and showing you a, an indoctrination video. What I'm getting at is leaning on expert would be really, Kyle, to get you to show up to my webinar and help ensure that you show up. I should be sending you messages based upon you visiting those pages because then I can create a com- more of a conversation, right? If you visit those two videos, and I know you did, if I sent you a 15 minutes before and say, hey, Kyle, I know you saw the story yesterday of Tony and Sally. Why don't you come finish yeah, 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 right? Um, that's going to lead to you joining more because I'm speaking to you more intelligently as opposed mm-hmm. to, hey, we start in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, it's kind of like you mentioned before on the whiteboard when it had the name, even though they didn't think you wrote it, it does take one level of personalization that it's hard to ignore as human beings. We feel, I mean, hell, when someone, a stranger could be saying a name, a sound that sounds like our name and we'll stop everything and be like, what was that? Who was it? Does someone need me? (laughs) Right? So I think, uh, you know, the egocentric is what will definitely be more interested in something that feels personalized. So that's really smart. On that it's actually making you know Michael um, Stevenson, right? With uh, yep. NLP, yep. so um, he does some really cool stuff with their their webinars and videos. And this kind of made me think of it. And I don't know if this is even possible in webinars, but the idea of tagging when people drop off and creating. So then, when you send them a replay, the replay has their tag. Hey, you got this far, and I know you didn't finish. So now you could say that. And then I remember we started nerding out, and it was like, what if you could get to points where you know, like. I could say, okay, if they had dropped off to this point, I know they've received this information, so I'm going to send this message. If they dropped off at this point, it's this message. If they dropped off at this point, it's this message. Almost like you could start to learn a little bit about the consumer based on those drop-off points. Now, Precisely. I have no idea how you do that on like a Zoom or um, like most webinar softwares at all, or if it's even possible. Um, but I feel like that would be super effective. Um, not only obviously getting people on, but closing people afterwards. Do you know of anyone that does something that precise? Is that like kind of master level or or is that even possible with technology? There there are some folks that, that I know of that do it. Uh, it's funny you should mention Michael. He and me have been good friends for 10 years or so. Yeah. And I know his solution. He's custom coded himself. He's, yeah, yeah. he's one of the, the, fellow, yeah. the fellow geeks in the industry, if you will, right? Um, so yeah. we've nerded out tons over the years. Um, so yeah, that's getting on the expert level, but, but tagging them for CRM purposes, um, tracking them to send them to a higher, 
more prepared to replay, like you were just saying, right, or taking them to a certain stage in it. Um, one example that I use too, the need, and, and big business doesn't even do this, Kyle, right? So Samsung here, I have the folding mm -hmm. phone. I buy it every year. I buy it from Samsung. I'm a super nerd. <laughs> and throughout the year after I buy that directly from them, I'm targeted by Samsung to buy the phone. Even though you already bought it. Why are they not targeting me with, uh, here's a new update, here's a new feature, here's something that's, I understand the point of like, especially big business, spending advertising money to the point of just getting always in front of the consumer, always being there, right? I understand that, but why not build brand awareness through building value? They're not, yeah. they don't build value with me. So part of what we were just speaking with that and that expert level, right, is, is, is providing value to that audience, mm -hmm. even if it's moving them to a sale or maybe it's a live training webinar and it's making sure they got certain points or whatever, but speaking to them more intelligently. So I just call it uh, intelligent automation. You know, instead of AI, it's mm -hmm. IA, just intelligent IA, automation yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and targeting po people so that on the end user, I feel like I'm more having a conversation with my webinar person, mm -hmm. right? I know that sounds a bit silly because it's not quite two-way, but because I'm being targeted in such a way and spoken to in a way, it, it hits like three levels deeper in my, my barrier of advertising, if you will. Yeah, well, I imagine on webinars too, that's got to be one of the biggest barriers you have where, where you're balancing interest and conversions with the fact that they feel like you are building a relationship, you're bringing value to me. And the fact that I'm, if I buy whatever you sell me, the value is just going to come tenfold. You've already yep. given me a lot. And I'm like, oh, well, gosh, I could expect the value hits coming. It's funny because like with Samsung, with their money, you'd think they'd have, you know, some sort of automation or some sort of software that'd say, great, they're a buyer of this. And you're advertising them accessories. Like, you know, like, I, I'm seeing the dynamic charger for the it, fold phone and stuff like it, that. It, it's, it's actually awesome because I, th I think it was, it was Best Buy. Last year, because I've been talking about just this, right, with Samsung, because mm -hmm. it's a good model, a good method, or whatever example. Um, I bought a new Samsung, a new Samsung TV from Best Buy last year, and it was mm -hmm. a mailer from Best Buy, but they actually sent me a physical mailer, mm -hmm. and it was new feature-driven on my TV stuff, and I was like, holy crap, finally! Right. And it was cool to see that. And it was initiated by Best Buy. So it was a third party. It wasn't the originating party, the OEM. Yeah. But still, it was cool to see that, that they're starting to like get just more intelligent. Because for mm -hmm. me, I was like, oh, that's a cool feature as opposed to just a complete waste. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing you already have. Would you like to continue to see it? Like I see it every day. Like I don't, I don't need I'd like to know how to use it better, possibly, or or the things I could add on to it. So now that that that's super smart. I'm now thinking like man, like you buy like a console, like you should be not just games, but like extra controllers and things like this. I don't know. My marketing brings spinning of how many different ways that you could do that. But we know yep. what's the best way to get somebody to convert is to find the point when the need is the highest, right? When we have the most need, the most want, the most attention around that thing. Um, you know, you don't sell bowling shoes to somebody that's never bowled before, but if I just went through a tournament and I thought this is the funnest thing ever, that's the ideal time to buy, get someone to buy that stuff. Cause they just think it's their, it's their new life. They are bowl life forever. Um, it probably won't be, but you know, when they think they are, that's when they're an ideal buyer. So how do you get more strategic and intelligent, um, to be in front of the people at the right time? So that's awesome. That's, that's a great tip. And yeah, that is probably a lot of work. I feel like it's a lot of work to pull that off though. It, um, it, 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 it can be, I have one more quick intermediate tip too. Um, and I touched on it with the indoctrination series and you just touched on it 
with creating the need, right? So obviously when we're targeting webinar registrants, regardless of the media we're buying, we're targeting them intelligently. Um, but through an indoctrination series, um, you can do a lot of work to a lot of work, a, a lot of value uh, to <laughs> create <laughs> to to create that that need, right? Mm -hmm. so, so through the indoctrination series, like one thing I'll talk about is you can have a webinar that's running every 15 minutes, and gosh, Kyle's going live at 2:45 in the morning, hurrah, right? Or you can have something that's more like event driven, maybe running once a day or or once a week. Um, what I'm getting at is, in general, folks see a higher earnings by having a good indoctrination series. So that by the time of the webinar, because even if I'm running it once a day, maybe you register for my webinar, Kyle, I'm intentionally showing you four days away mm -hmm. because by the time my, my webinar, you know you me, you like me, you trust me, you recognize my voice because you've gone through my, my indoctrination series. Then you mentioned Michael, right? Michael's a master NLP. Mm -hmm. I've taken actually some of his trainings in person. Um, you create open loops in those indoctrination series, then use the behavioral based targeting message to get them on the webinar. So then you can close the loops and all of that's created more of a need for your product, right? Mm -hmm. All through those yeah. indoctrination series. So it's really valuable. And we have, uh, I've seen folks that that have ran tests, you know, quarter million, half million dollars at every 15 minutes versus uh, an event with an indoctrination series. Now, naturally that lowers attendance drastically by putting mm -hmm. it that far out. But yeah. do you want higher attendance or do you want more buyers? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You really want, you want more buyers, right? At the end of the day, like you want more buyers because that LTV, and I don't know if they ran through the full test, but I imagine like the LTV between those two buyers would be substantially different. The 15 minute impulse view, eh, you know, probably don't buy as often. And if they do, they're not going to buy again. They're just impulsive versus somebody that goes through that indoctrination sequence, then buys they are showing multiple commitments to you and whatever you're doing. So if you deliver, I'd imagine the LTV would be way higher for them. So what, what were the results on that test? Like what ended up doing better? Uh, the the event-based, the indoctrination event -based. series event-based, yeah. Better conversions, uh, better LTV, was it? Better, better LTV. This this particular person I'm talking about, they've actually, since running this test, I found out recently, they're, they've 4X'd their business. They went from about 10 million a year to 40, 40 million uh, in this wow. past year. Because they, um, they just dump the they dump two and fifteen every fifteen. So yeah, so so the other difference here is you know every fifteen, like I said, two forty five. Hey, is live cool, um, versus an upcoming event, whether it's in a couple hours, couple days. You know, I'm making a commitment there. I'm setting that aside. I'm putting it in my calendar, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Versus, oh, he's live, right? So naturally, that affects the conversion. But when someone shows up, even if they don't have the indoctrination series, if I show up two days later for a webinar. I'm going to be viewing, you know, everything increases because yeah. I've done that as opposed to, oh, cool, he's live. Um, yeah, because th that now becomes something you plan to do versus, well, I got nothing else going on for the next 15. I might as well check this out, see what happens, decide what I want to do afterwards. You know, you exactly. Get, you get more looky-loos, um, which have to be really frustrating because you're still spending time, money, and effort on them. So that's that can't be that can't be the most enjoyable thing. That's great though. I really think of those differences because I feel like a lot of people, because you could get more attendees, they focus on the traffic versus the back end and what, what really is going to make you a lot more money. So um, that's super interesting. Gosh. Sorry. Sometimes I have to like pause when I hear good stuff and go, okay, don't stop obsessing over that. Let's move on to the next <laughs> thing. Um, so, so with that, we're going to transition. Let's go. 
Um, now we're going to go, we've already kind of sprinkled a little bit of advance. Every, you guys, I should say listeners, you got a bonus tip from winter and you got a sprinkle of advance. So already just increasing the value. It's almost like you've done webinars. You've done this before winter <laughs> and podcast and whatnot. So let's go to like a, a more advanced tactic, something that um, is big. And then I have another question after that. that's not tip oriented, um, but it's technology oriented. But yeah, give me just the, the last kind of more advanced tip. Yeah, so so the, the the more advanced tip would be instead of having a webinar, having an event. So that it could be a, an, a webinar that runs once a day, once an hour, once a week, whatever. But making it more of an event feel, more of an event, more of not not launch, but more of an actual presentation. So what I'm getting at is, you know, we talked about the the indoctrination series that can be called a pre-launch, right? That's going to get more folks on the call, knowing you, liking you, trusting you. Um, but then post-webinar, most folks post-webinar just do a replay. That's it, mm -hmm. right? Um, why not do an encore? Why not do a couple encores? Why mm -hmm. not then go to a replay that's maybe using a, a just-in-time platform as opposed to a video on a page? Um, why not then maybe take your webinar and cut it up into three or four different bite-sized chunks and promoting that for, for a week or two post, post this webinar, creating an, a whole event out of it as opposed to just a webinar? Mm -hmm. um, that would be the more advanced, you know, but, but let's say uh, you have a a live webinar, whether it's live or like live, um, let's say you have 20% attendance from that. Um, for lack of a better, let's say you have 100 registrants, let's say 20 people attend, uh, you have an automated encore the next day, you're still going to get another five to 10 more percent showing up on that, right? And we know webinars outconvert VSLs because a replay yeah. is just a VSL. Um, so, so that helps, uh, you know, recoup on the the ad spend if that's the way your business is is generating uh leads um through that and then it also makes it as opposed to maybe it's just a webinar with a three-day replay now you can turn this into a week-long event or a two-week-long event um this can all be automation driven or it can all, all be live driven but it's creating more of like a whole series as opposed to just this this small bite-sized chunk yeah no i really like that i really like that that's interesting because we know in marketing the more you make people not feel like they're being sold to the more likely they are to be sold <laughs> right so it's like but but you're right if you call it an event not a webinar you don't just run them through a vsl afterwards which starts probably eroding trust or making it very apparent that they have to buy something so if i don't want to buy i'm not gonna watch right so um you know i really like the idea of calling an event, making an event, treating like event, and it really opens you up to maybe be more creative in the way that you present and show people that data. That's super, super smart. Is there, can you think of like a recent event that someone's done? Maybe just kind of walk us through how they structured it and how they were able to do that. Not in tons of details, but maybe just like the idea of like, how would you sell something like that as an event and have kind of that that week time frame? And then I really, like, I will say, I also love the encores instead of the replays. That's really good. So, so, so I mean, so, you know, ideally, uh, let's see, let's think about this. Let's say uh, you're doing an event, so you create a five-day indoctrination series. That indoctrination series could maybe initially start off with a questionnaire, right? And a questionnaire that's intentionally built, asking questions to, to start inciting the interest level from your audience. Maybe the next day you shoot out a little uh, content video like this where you're going over the results from that questionnaire, right? Now this could be evergreen, this could be live, um, but you're, you're engaging with your audience to get what they're, now you're intentionally crafting it so that leading up to the webinar, 
that's that's creating more of that experience for them. But it's mm -hmm. now starting to feel like an event because they've they've had the opportunity to answer a questionnaire. Then the next day they saw a video where you're reviewing it. Maybe then the next day you're talking about, hey, I made some adjustments to the upcoming event based upon X, Y, Z. So it's creating that, oh, he's listening feel, they're listening to me feel. Um, <clears throat> then on the live webinar, uh, whatever was discussed through that is exposed, is displayed. Um, and then, yeah, post-webinar, having the encore events, having the, as opposed to just going just, just to a replay, right? Yeah. Uh, most folks just, just do the replay, as I was talking about before. Regardless of who they are, what they viewed or didn't view is just the replay, no controls. Um, but yeah, really elongating it out to, to an, a full experience. Um, and also pri providing, you know, for the different learning modality types, right? Like so maybe after the encores and so on, like I said, you chunk it up into a couple different size sizes and you can send that out and, and so on. There's a lot of ways that you can deliver the same content, the same webinar value um, in a different format than, hey, we're live at 8 p.m. Awesome, awesome. No, that's really, I really like what you said there too with the, um, think about different learning modalities, like people that like, I, you know, some people, myself included, like the idea of sitting through an hour, an hour and a half to learn something. I'm like, I thought I stopped having to do that in college. Like I need something in a micro way. Um, unless I have like a podcast that I can listen to while I'm doing something else. Right. Like it's tough uh, to do that. So I really like having that mindset, understanding that. And I imagine that probably gets even more important. The more you lower your demos and go to younger ages where people are much more willing and or able to be more dynamic in the different ways they consume information and how they yep. consume it. That's yep, interesting. Yep. That's super. So um, that, that kind of transition, I think the next thing is like, these all sound really amazing, but a lot of this also sounds like, or actually this, I think one of the big things I see in webinars oftentimes is the technology to execute on all these things. We could sit in a room and nerd out on a lot of different stuff um, that you could do from a marketing standpoint. Uh, but I feel like, Webinar success, more than we want to acknowledge, comes on what you run your webinar through. What's the platform? What are the technologies you're using? Whether it's technologies to make sure you segment, technologies to make sure you track, technologies to make sure you get attribution for affiliates and JV partners. Technology is huge. It's, it's what helps engagement be good on the webinars, helps you make it automate, like all that stuff. Um, more than other offers, I feel like webinars, the technology used matters a ton. So that being said... Um, what should people know and what are the questions they should be asking themselves when it comes to the tech that they use to run their webinar? So just give me like three questions that you should ask yourself when you're going to select the best webinar. Software. So, so, so the, first uh, the first question would go down to the avatar and what you're trying to portray, right? Um, are you trying to make the webinar feel live? So a lot of what we talked about here is recreating that live or that like live environment because that's what converts better as opposed to if I register for your webinar at 2.45 in the morning and you're live, I know you're not live, which is fine. Yeah. We don't or I think you're uh, addicted to meth, which probably is not a good sign. <laughs> But, but, but like, we don't have to be live to sell, but that would be my first question is, what platform would I go with if I wanted to make it feel live, right? So in, in 2015, when I put together my first, my first high ticket webinar, um, there weren't as many solutions as there are today. Um, me and my business partner at the time, we were going live using GoToWebinar. Um, side note, I would recommend anyone putting together a webinar, do it a lot. 
what I'm getting at is we were doing a lot, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. we'd have traffic, sometimes not, but this is a presentation that not you record once and, and you set in stone, you automate it then. You do it a lot. So we were doing our webinar a lot um, and and I wanted to recreate that live environment because I didn't want to do it live anymore. I was doing it once a week. I was recently married, traveling the world, having to structure my life and time around this live webinar. So I took my <clears throat> webinar at the time to a, a solution called EverWebinar and I saw my conversions absolutely did right? Mm. That's because I lost that live, like live yeah. experience. Um, yeah. So that would be my first, my first thing. The second thing is <clears throat> what tools do you use within your business? Maybe your CRM, you know, your ESP or your email provider, your SMS, whatever. Does that platform support it? Right? Because it's hard, whether for yourself or for your team to have to relearn a new tool or to have to uproot a lot of your funnels and go somewhere else because this new tool that you want to use only works with something that you're not using. Yeah, right? So, yeah. so make sure that it's going to serve your need without having to change too much. Um, and, and third thing I would say is make sure it supports some of the stuff that I've talked about here, at least to some degree. You know, SMS is great. MMS is even better. Uh, WhatsApp is awesome. Um, and we talked about, we didn't talk about some of the, the more uh, expert level stuff, but, but make sure that it supports some of this intelligent automation, uh, some of this omni-channel that's more than just email, because I guarantee 2023, if you're just using email, you're leaving a lot on the table. Yeah, no, that's big. And it's, I really like what you said too, like getting something that isn't just going to be an immediate problem in your business. Like, well, this fits nowhere. I'm really glad we bought this, you know, thing that has European power outlets for my American house. Like exactly. what do I do? Um, so unless you want to figure out how to become a, an electrical engineer and I don't even know how you convert those things. It's just, it, it'd be tough, right? We know things get really cluttery. And for those in your business, I should tell you guys right now in winter, you'll probably really appreciate this. If, you start latching things on that don't really fit and you just take some gum and some glue and you're like, it works. You are, as soon as you have success or you start getting to certain levels of success, that stuff will all start falling apart. And it's going to get so, it is like, it's like if you were drunk when you took down your Christmas lights and you just threw them in a box as if you were angry <laughs> At Christmas in general, like your fan, your wife left you for Santa Claus. Like, ah, I hate Christmas lights. And then you pull them out the next year and it's just a matted ball of mess and misery. And you think about becoming Jewish. That's how bad it could be. <laughs> but like trying to unwind all that technology and get something that's functional and scaling. I've seen businesses spend, you know, well over a year, two years trying to do that. Um, and they can't grow even though they have pressures to do or they're trying to. Um, for something like that. So definitely make sure that you build and patchwork these things, that they work together so you don't have to rebuild your business all over again while it's for sure. So for sure. too many times, too many times. But anyway, so um, that being said, so we mentioned some things that are important to look for and questions to ask yourself with technology. Now, I appreciate you not coming on here and pitching and providing great value. And I'm going to make you though. I'm going to make you pitch. Now, <laughs> that being said, you do have amazing software that does webinars. So I, I imagine it does a lot of these things. I, what I'd like to use, I think some people are probably really curious. Just tell us a little bit about it. Like what sets it apart from your go to webinars and other things out there? Um, uh, you know, what's different? What could it do? And, and, and who is it for? Yeah. Yeah. So the platform is called a event. Um, it was born out of need, 
a lot of the need I kind of just discussed over the last half an hour here. Um, need of a platform that combines everything together and doesn't make me conformed in new tools. Uh, need of a platform that is able to recreate that like live experience if you want to create it. Um, so what A event does is all those tools I've been talking about, we just help it all sync. So one way I'll put it is imagine we're the orchestra of your symphony or we're the conductor of your symphony. We're the conductor of your orchestra. You bring along the tools that you want to use and we help them all sing and chime together. Another way that we'll put it is we're like Zapier on steroids for webinars with 100 years of marketing experience in the sense that the platform since I started building it from concept to now has been over seven years. Um, to this day, we've never done any advertising and a lot of your platinum uh, uh, sellers on ClickBank there are users of A event, right? Our, our base yep. has been those intelligent users. Uh, so we help unlock everything that we were just talking about through intelligent automation. You set it up one time and it's set and forget, right? I, I initially, as I mentioned, built it for myself and that was to improve my quality of life. As I mentioned, I was doing traveling the world, new wife, doing live webinars, forming, you know, booking plane tickets based upon when I had to do a webinar. Right. Oh, um, yeah. So, so that's the biggest part of what we've unlocked is to my knowledge, we're the only platform in the world that not only has our own streaming platform, but we fully automate go to webinar and zoom as if it's live. Um, awesome. So, so clear, clear feed through zoom to recreate that live environment. Um, but no, no live needed. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. And I'm really grateful because then you didn't have to sit and say, I either build the software or I look for my second wife because that's, that's what probably would have been <laughs> happening so yeah this is what i thought i'd get um but that that's amazing i think what you said too we know that live live the live um live webinars out convert recorded it, it yep. i have never seen it not but to know that you could replicate that live experience and really increase those conversions and, and we know that that's going to be continuing like you're gonna if you can't do that all podcasts are going to start getting or not podcasts all webinars and everything are going to start getting there we see ai it really makes a lot of this stuff get a little bit easier, um, which just means where you guys are, you're just going to keep getting better, right? So whatever features we're going to need in the future that we don't know yet, like smell-o-vision, you'll probably already have it integrated in there well before anybody else will. So um, smell how success looks like, if that makes no sense. But <laughs> um, that's really, really cool. So uh, ideally, who are the kind of people that should be using a event? Is it just, are we talking like, Hey, I'm generating a hundred million a year on webinars or like what level would you say the time is now for me? To start? So, so, so my, my answer to that is changing to a degree. Um, for a number of years, we've been uh, just of what I call like an enterprise solution, right? Pricing starts at $500 a month. So that naturally would create a webinar business that's doing seven figures or more with their webinar. Um, we are introducing lower price points all the way down to $95 a month and making the system um, more simple for the less experienced marketer, right? So while everything I talked about, all the options are still there, but kind of taking it back some. Um, so we're trying to open that gate right now. But yeah, up until recently, I would say really successful webinars um, because that's been our target market. Um, for years organically, you know, it's just, it's just folks that are generating high revenue with that because as a tool that starts at $500 a month, unless you're making money with your webinar, that's, that's a bit. Um, so, so, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eating 500 bucks for hopes that you won't have to eat that all the time. probably. <laughs> 
But I have the technology. (laughs) Probably should have the webinar, though. (laughs) Um, No, no, that's great, though. So I think uh, one thing for people to know, too, like, hey, like, I first want to say, I think webinars in the BizOp IM space, if you're not in it and you're looking to maybe shift, really good time to jump into it now. Um, And, you know, webinars, obviously, you're probably not going to start with a event, but also know that when you're there, if you're already doing it, you think, man, I wish my performance could be better. You might need to look at some new technologies and help get you there fast and right away. So if somebody's interested, they want to find out more about a event, they want to find out more about you, um, they want to know what face cream you're using to keep yourself so ageless as you talked about being an engineer in the nineties. <laughs> um, so whatever those might, things might be, how can they get a hold of you? They can uh, just, just head to uh, a event.com forward slash Clickbank. So That's, if they hit, okay. hit the Clickbank link there, we'll have a, a special little video for it, this audience. Um, and yeah, whether myself, someone from my team can hop on a call, chat about your webinar, what you're doing. Um, and I hope, that what I've shared here today, like everything I've shared here today, doesn't require a event at all. And you can do a lot of it with Zapier or other tools. But there are elements that I mentioned that whether you sign up for a event, you don't do webinars at all, whatever, to think about and install within your business, right? Even if you're just doing email marketing, um, if, if you're talking to the audience the same way, you know, if you're just doing VSL, like it's, in, it's time, it's need, the technology is there to for us as marketers to start creating more intelligent sequences to speak yeah. with our audience um, yep. and not just this Samsung telling me to buy their darn phone. Yeah. Um, I get it. Samsung It is kind of cool to flip my smartphone. That's why I bought it. So <laughs> no, I love that. It's just great, great value. And I love that, you know, again, you, we're not here to pitch Avent. It's a great software seen it in action. I know it is being used by, it is, it is a technology secret for some of the top, producers in this space. Um, but I just love that you came in and shared just true value that for anyone out there, they should be able to listen and say, if I'm not doing these things, I could do at least one of them and improve my business. That's fantastic. I'd also say that the funny thing is outside of webinars, customization and that intelligent automation is something that helps every business out. So as a marketer, if you could think of ways you could be more precise at the point that they need you to be um, to, to kind of scratch the itch that they have, you're always going to increase your performance. Um, it's a, it's a tale as old as time as a teapot once said. So with that, uh, winter before you go, um, I just, a, a, anything else you want to mention before you go? Uh, the, the last, the floor is yours, as they would say. I mean, for those that not doing webinars, but, but are interested, I would strongly recommend for years. Most of the revenue I generated through ClickBank was not through webinars is through $47 front end type funnels. Um, there's something to be said when you're selling high ticket, um, when you or your team is having to interact with less customers, um, mm-hmm. generally less customers, less headache, generally higher price point customers are easier to work with. I don't know why, but it's true. Um, yeah. So with those things said, like I know for myself, that made just a difference within my business, but just also my 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 team and everything, you know, is just is just that like the higher price point is nice revenue wise. It's nice, but also just uh, cognitively and dealing with issues. There's less. Yeah. You know, you, you're the second guest to talk about how high ticket is freeing and almost be something you should think of from the start versus from like going low ticket yep. and, and you bring a lot of good things. It's like they're like, hey, it's it's probably your most highest margin rewarding part of your business if you do. And this is, um, I don't know if you know Brad Hart, but he was talking about doing masterminds. And he's like, you should lead with a mastermind. He's like, get five people to show up. But you get five people to spend 10 grand to hang out with you. You could do that event for much less than what you'd make. And it's 
high margin, you'll learn a lot. Like it's just, again, it makes a ton of sense. So I think that's a really, really interesting suggestion. And I think it would make a lot of sense. So yep. um, well, with that, guys, really appreciate your time, Winter. Really, really appreciate it. We'll make sure that the link is in the show notes um, description for that, that ClickBank page. Um, and yeah, just I uh, hope you have a great day and look forward to seeing you again and hanging out and maybe talking more 3D printer stuff because that was awesome. pretty cool. And I have a fun story I'm going to have to share with you sometime about geocaching Dwayne Johnson in 3D printers. So um, kind of an interesting <laughs> little thing. Uh, but for different podcasts now. And, and for the users out there, again, rate, review, subscribe, like, do all the things that you hear on every single podcast. But more importantly, the one I really, really want you guys to do, reach out to us. Let us know what what's the next conversation, what's the problem that you're having, what's the thing that you're faced with right now. You feel like the answers can't be answered by, you, you know, ChatGBT hasn't given it to you and you're thinking somebody should. Um, let us be that source of truth. Reach out to us, send us an email um, and say, hey, we'd really like to see this comment um, on the YouTube pages. We do actually read those. Um, it's why we're slowly fattening Thomas up to turn him into full Seth Rogen because we know you guys already think he is. So we're just going to get there um, working on it. So he's a little bit resistant. So send him some messages to encourage him and, and we'll get there. Um, other than that, have a great one. I know Thomas isn't here, so um, we'll, I'll use his line. Keep happy scaling. Um, and until next time. Thanks. Bye.